Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. If you've been part of the Rising Above family for any length of time, then I know you've heard us talk about the importance of community. We are big believers at Rising Above that we need to be in community with other people who get and understand our life, who can speak truth and love into our lives and can encourage us when we're having a really rough day or cheer us on when something great is happening. And we also know how challenging it can be for special needs families to make that happen in person. And so that is why we have different community groups that meet all throughout the week. We have groups for moms. We have groups for dads. We have a group for our siblings of individuals with special needs. And we also have a group for our friends with special needs. And if you'll just go to our website, risingaboveministries.org, click on the community page, you will find all of those groups listed and you can find out how you can sign up to learn more. So I hope you'll check that out because it's so important for us to have other people in our life to just cheer us on when we are having those really rotten days or just be there when um, when something great is happening in our life and to speak truth and life into our lives. So I hope you'll go check that out. Now, my guest today is Tracy Felix, and Tracy is a wife and a mother of three children. Her oldest son was born with a multitude of complex medical issues, and when he was born, it completely changed their life. And part of their story is that their sweet son passed away recently, and she has written a book called Jacob's Journey, and it's a book series that will be encouraging to other special needs families explaining the life of an individual with special needs. I had a great conversation with Tracy, and I know that you're going to get to love getting to hear more about her and her life with her son. So here's my conversation that I had with Tracy Felix. Hey, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today for the Rising Book Podcast. I'm excited to get to have this conversation with you. This is our first time to ever meet, and I am excited to get to hear some of your story. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I am excited to share my story. (laughs) Well, to start us off, tell us a little bit about your family and um, where you live and whatever you want us to know about about your family. Okay, Uh, so we... Our, we live in central Wisconsin. My husband and I have been married for 18 years this last summer. And we met in high school. We were supposed to be matched, I guess, through a friend. And we ended up just being friends instead of yeah. dating in high school. So that was really great because we became like best friends. And then we life changed and then we got married. So it worked out really well. And then uh, we had a few years of trying to have kids and not being able to. And then we started the adoption process. We were almost ready to finish that and start being shown to uh, birth parents when we took one more test and we were pregnant. So 
surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, it turns out that we knew there was a possibility that we were going to have a special needs kid because I have a genetic disorder that I could pass on to boys. Okay. Um, So I didn't really know if it was going to be a possibility, but then our first... Our first ultrasound, it really wasn't looking Mm -hmm. good. So we knew we were going to have a kid that was going to have a lot of issues and a lot of difficulties in life. And we just kept rolling with the punches from there. So Mm -hmm. how did that impact you? You know, I'm I'm trying to think, you know, being a young mom, you go for that ultrasound and, you know, you're, you have these high hopes of what you think your life is going to be like. And what was that like for you all? Uh, it was devastating and full of anxiety, but also excitement because we had wanted a baby for so long and we were trying so many different avenues to be able to have a baby. And so now we finally got one and we're like, we're going to do whatever we want. And of course, you know, our doctors had encouraged us to uh, abort mm-hmm. and we're like, no, like not, that's not, not even a possibility in our brain. That's not happening. We're going to give this baby as much chance as we can. But uh, it really, every ultrasound was hard and I cried a lot, <laughs> but uh, God shows up, you know, in, in our hard moments and he showed up time and time again for us during that pregnancy. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, tell us what his diagnosis was and, and what uh, it's a, it's, it's a pretty rare diagnosis. I think I know, I know of some other parents who's, who have children with the same diagnosis, but I'd never heard it until fairly recently. So share what his diagnosis was and how that impacted your family. So his diagnosis is X-linked hydrocephalus or L1 cam. And he's about, well, there's a group of us connected on Facebook. There's uh, like 350 of us all over the world now in that group. Um, So it's, you know, I think 350 in the whole world is quite pretty rare. rare, Yeah. Um, But the main for the main diagnosis that is common in all of them is the hydrocephalus. Mm -hmm. So, and we saw that at 20 weeks, we saw that the ventricles in his brain were getting bigger. And so we just prayed that they would get smaller and then they weren't. (laughs) Um, And it's a genetic thing that I carry. My mom has, is a carrier and had a son that was born. Um, I was three when he was born and he lived to be about nine months old. Mm. Um, He went right into medical foster care because that's just kind of what they did back then. They didn't put him in, they didn't, he, he didn't come into my parents' home ever. Mm. So I don't really remember my brother. Um, but then I had an uncle that was, had it too. So my grandma's in her, in her, uh, eighties, upper eighties. So back then technology was like, oh, he has a big head and he died, you know, within a few hours, I think. So I knew it was a possibility when I was pregnant that I could have a kid that was affected by this. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, 
but it was a risk I was willing to take, I guess, because I just knew I wanted to be a mom. <laughs> and so how did that impact you, you know, in those early years when he's a you know little baby and, and what was life like? Oh, it was tough. It was so tough. So he spent 54 days in the NICU. Mm. Um, and then he finally came home. The The staff there, the, the doctors, the nurses, they were all really great, but they had never seen a kid like him so they didn't know like what resources really to give us besides just what they would give every other special needs there wasn't anything specialized that they could do for us but he came home on a feeding tube uh, in his nose I had to switch that out every other day to the other side and um, yeah I worked in a group home for eight years prior to getting pregnant with him. So I kind of had some background in it, but not a lot, like not any formal training, so to speak. Um, And then to come home and have this child, I could not leave his side for a second. Like I had to carry him into the bathroom with me. I had to sleep next to him those first two weeks at home were, I call it my living hell because yeah, I thought I was going to be so excited to have this baby and he would spend an hour eating through his tube and then he would spend an hour throwing it all back up. And if I wasn't right there to suction it out, he would turn blue. Um, he was hooked up to a pulse ox probe and we had suction and we had a vest treatment and we had feeding tubes and we had we're he was gravity fed so it wasn't even like through a pump so we had like contraptions to hang the the tubes so it would gravity flow or arms would fall off and yeah so then he would take an hour so he would eat for an hour throw up for an hour rest for an hour and then start it all over 24 7 for the first two weeks um then he aspirated he got aspirated pneumonia and ended up back in the hospital and that's when we did a fundal application where you take the stomach and the valve that makes the food go either into the lungs or into the stomach wasn't working right. Mm. So they basically created a new one by twisting his stomach around the esophagus and then he had a G-tube placed. So yeah. And then it was learning the G-tube and how to, what happens if we pull it out and there was times where we pulled it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was fully inflated. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, and it can be, it's traumatic. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I went through lots of medical issues with my late husband and it, it, it really impacts you when you are in that high stress, um, trying to act, you know, literally keep someone alive. Uh, and, and I don't think if you don't live, if you've never lived that is, it is really, um, it's really challenging to, to day in and day at day out, have that kind of stress on you as you are caring for someone else. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I had to quit my job. I was the insurance carrier. Um, we were farming and that year it was a drought. So we had to buy a lot of feed and it was really expensive because everyone was affected by the drought 
Uh, yeah, it was a crazy, mm. crazy hard year for us. And then we were dealing with all of his issues too. And he was in the hospital every single month for at least a week for the first six mm. months of his life. Uh, and I didn't know anybody else. Yeah. We didn't, you know, we had very few people that were willing to step in and take over my role so I could even sleep. Yeah. Um, because they were scared because you literally are trying to keep someone alive. And if you do something wrong and then the guilt that goes along with that is tremendous. So, um, yeah, it was really, really tough. Well, you, um, so do you have other children as well? We do. Yep. So, um, when our oldest was six months old, we got pregnant again. Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) completely wow. not planned i'm not even sure i mean obviously i know how the the birds and the bees work but like where did we find time to even get together i don't even know i i don't know oh my goodness <laughs> um so yeah we and then of course the it's that like post-traumatic stress of mm-hmm. uh oh my gosh we're pregnant again and we have um we have to go through the ultrasounds again and we have to go through genetic testing again to find out if this baby is affected or not. But um, yeah, so that was all stressful too. And then we found out that it was another boy. And uh, so then we had lots of doctor appointments, just like the first one to see if he was affected again and see if we could see his brain ventricles um, getting bigger or if they were staying within normal range and, Thank God they did stay in normal range. So he is uh, a typical, <laughs> typical boy that is driving his mama crazy now. <laughs> well, that happens, and, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, then we have another little girl. She is actually celebrating her birthday really soon here. She's going to be six now. So, um yeah, so that's it. When we got when I found out we were pregnant with that girl, that third one, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> we're done. Uh, you recently had uh, an ex- tragedy that happened uh, with the loss of your son. Um, you know, it's something that no parent ever wants to go through. Thinks they're you know wants to wants to experience that great loss and. So share a little bit about that, whatever you want to share about his recent passing. Yeah. Um, well, so he passed away on April 20th, 2021. Um, so it was pretty, pretty recent. recent yeah. 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 Um, but he had, um, he had a lot of medical issues. We saw pretty much every single doctor that you could see within a clinic that was specialty anything, um, except for a heart doctor. Um, so he saw a lung doctor and he had seizures and he had kidney stones. So we saw all those doctors. Um, he was on the keto diet for Mm -hmm. seizures, um, probably two years now. Um, And one thing that we didn't look for is um, any like heart issues when you're on the keto diet and you're high fat. I'm not quite sure why we weren't looking at the hearts, but we should have been, I think, 
Um, but yeah, so he had, uh, we went to school. I got to go with him on that Monday before and he had a great day. And now at this point for the last probably six years, we've had nurses in our home that would stay awake while we slept. Um, and the nurse in the morning said that he had a great night. He didn't have any alarms set off. We were doing his best treatment. The other kids were getting ready to go to school. And um, she was just about ready to leave the driveway. She was actually late for her shift. She was supposed to have left like an hour beforehand. But we got talking. And uh, so she was staying longer and... She was just about to leave the driveway and I told our middle son to go get his shoes on and make sure to come in. There was something happening. There was alarms alarming and I mm. went to go check on him and this was like nothing I had ever seen before. Mm. Um, it wasn't a seizure. I didn't know what it was. And so she came back, the nurse came back in and started CPR. I called 911 um they ended up having to shock him in the bedroom and they um intubated him in the bedroom they had to call in the ambulance from the from the next town over because they were uh a, had better capacity within their ambulance to intubate and um they tried for an hour and 15 minutes with cpr and the code blue team in the ER and he, they got a short, they got a faint little heartbeat and they said, that's all we need. We're taking them up to ICU and we're going to start running tests. So we went up to ICU and they hooked him up to the EEG and they were trying to get him stable enough to go for a CT scan and MRI and just find out how much damage was done um he had a heart attack and he um showed that there wasn't a lot of his brain was already really damaged mm -hmm. and then without <laughs> being without oxygen for that long caused a lot more um and then he had very acidic blood they said we could start dialysis and get the acid out of his blood but his brain was already so damaged that it wasn't gonna be the same kid anymore so i'm so so sorry because i know um that's so fresh to you and um recent to you and um so i know i mean you're brave coming on here having this conversation so 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 soon yeah, um, I get through it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, do, we do. We just push through, don't we? We, we push through and, 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 and keep going. But, um, you know, I just want to acknowledge that because I know that this is, it's, that's pretty recent. And, and so thank you for coming and being willing to share your story. And there's something that's interesting about your story and my story when I got to looking into, um, that your how our stories are kind of similar um you had um had this passion and desire to write a book about your son 
And had you, had you started that before he passed away? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your book that you well, started. So I kind of have to go back, uh, quite a few years, actually. Um, when he was just a few months old, he was in the ICU for some, something I can't right. even remember at this point. And I got, I felt a calling to go to a women's conference in Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. We were that whole first year of his life because I had to quit my job. We were living on gift cards and just money from our friends and family that had come around us to support us. Um, so I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this ticket to go there and then it's in another state and he's in the hospital and how am I going to do all of that so I can get away for two days right. and um I was telling my friend that was kind of organizing that group I said I think I need to go and she told me she said Tracy if God want is calling you to go he's going to make sure that everything is okay back home mm-hmm. and he's going to find a way And he did. He absolutely did. Uh, People came in and paid for my ticket and paid for my meal and we carpooled and they paid for my hotel. Mm. And I went and we were in the nosebleed section of this big arena. And the lady that was speaking, she asked everyone to um, if they had ever experienced child loss to turn on their lights on their cell phone or hold up a lighter or whatever. And that arena lit up and I could see every single light because I was so high (laughs) and in the, in the seats. And, uh, I just started, I just started bawling. And in that moment, I just knew it got just placed in my heart. God said, you need to tell your story because it's an amazing story. And so all those years ago, I was like, oh, yay, I'm going to do this. And I was really excited to write. And I came home and I told my husband, I was all gun ho about this. He's like, Tracy, you have to be the mom here. You have to be the nurse. You have to keep yeah. our kid alive, you know? And uh, he's like, I can't have you going off and promoting a book and writing a book and spending time doing that. You ha- don't have time. You're doing being a mom right now and I was like oh yeah you're you're right okay (laughs) and uh but that that calling never went away Mm -hmm. all those years I just kept thinking about it and every year I just kept redoing it in my head and coming up with new ideas and it started off as gonna be a, a novel for uh adults and it morphed into being a series of kids books so I just prayed about it and found another company a publishing company and that had an in-house illustrator and uh, I signed a contract with them in October of 2020 and the illustrations were done within like a month and a half so our son knew and he saw the illustrations. He mm. saw the the pictures with yeah. him in it and he would smile every time I showed him. And we uh, 
I would put them on video every time there was like when the line drawings were done, I would have them go on and tell our Facebook friends all about it. Or when the illustrations were done we would go on and he loved being on camera. (laughs) He was such a ham. (laughs) So, well, what I was in, what I was talking, alluding to earlier about the similarities is the book wasn't finished. Correct. Before he passed away. And so like with my, my husband had started a book before he died and I, after he passed away, helped finish that book for him. And so same with you, you, you didn't give up, you pressed on, you got the book finished. And so how healing for me, it was so healing to be able to, it was hard to do that. Um, so soon after he had passed away, but it was also very healing. Yeah. Absolutely. To, to do that. How was how was the experience for you? Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly it too. Because um, I really feel like that was his whole purpose in life was to change our family's light view on the world, and then having his younger brother and sister, and having them grow up in a house where there's medical and nurses and all the things have really affected how they are as kids. And then to go on and change our community. And when he started school, he absolutely did that. Um, And just to be able to tell our story and change the, the, our world view on how people interact with people with disabilities or wheelchairs. So I really feel like that was his whole purpose was to just change our hearts and tell our story. And I knew when he passed, um, our publishers reached out and said, you take as much time as you need to grieve, but we are here when you are ready. And I said, we are almost done. (laughs) We need to just press on and press through and this is his purpose and we need to continue his purpose right now. And so, yeah, 30 days later, it was ready to be published and ready for sale. Wow. (laughs) And it's called Jacob's Journey. Is that correct? Yes. So the main title is Jacob's Journey. And then the subtitle is Introducing Jacob. So, yeah, it talks all about his um, just life and how he loves to be at school. It's got a page in there for resources, a a few resources for um, families that may want to know about disabilities. Um, It helps adults continue the conversation with their kid about what to do when you see a disabled person in public. How can you help them? How do you interact with them instead of just pointing and staring? Um, and then it's got a coloring page in there for the kids to do. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's great. That's great. And, you know, I know it's, it's so rewarding. I remember when, uh, the case of books from the publisher arrived on my front porch and opening up the book and holding in my hand, you know, the copy of the finished book. And I remember thinking to myself, what if I'd said no? What if I was like, you know, we, we, it's going to be too hard. I can't finish it and can't do it. And just that sense of that's, the, that's my husband's legacy. Just like that's Jacob's legacy 
um, is, or is the telling the story. And so, um, where can people find the book? Um, I actually just got my website up and running <laughs> today. So it's been a pretty exciting day. Um, it's at www.jacobsjourneybooks.com. Okay. Uh, and then we are also on Facebook at Jacobs Journey Books. That's great. So. That's great. Well, you know, when you look back over your experiences from having a child with special needs, now going through the grief process, uh, what are some of the things that you have learned through this experience that you would have never learned otherwise? Oh, I don't think, I think that would be a whole nother episode. <laughs> Pick a there's, few. Yeah. There's, there's so many, but yeah. um, the biggest, the biggest one really is he taught us how to enjoy every little thing and just to take notice of every little detail of the world around you. Um, some of his favorite things to do was to play peekaboo or uh, he loved the squeaky doors and we um, he loved the bumpiness of rugs yeah. <laughs> as you're walking down a hallway. He would just get the biggest belly laugh out of all of that. And um, I think that's probably one of the hardest things is that he, he took that with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have, I took lots and lots of videos and pictures. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm thankful that I did that. Um, uh, on the tough days, on the hard days, I go back and I'll mm -hmm. listen to his laughter because I still have that. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. So is there anything, I know writing the book has helped, but is there anything else that's really, you can look at and say, this has really been a help to me as I'm processing through this season? Well, uh, yeah, having the book has really helped you know, we don't want to encapsulate him. We want to talk about him all the time. And we do every day. We talk about him yeah. with his brother and sister or friends or whatever. Um, so that really has helped. Um, but just our kids have been so keenly aware of heaven and mm, yeah. we helped my father-in-law with his cancer journey and he passed away um two years ago and so they got to see that and we live on a farm so they see animals born and die all the time and they knew that um our that their brother had these issues and that he could not be here anymore and we talked about that from the time they were born so that really helped prepare them for when he's not here and so we still celebrate him and we still make the extra you know we'll throw the silverware into the sink extra hard and laugh about it because that's what he would do if he was here yeah. um so we just Talking about him a lot is has really helped all of us process. Process through. How, yeah. how do you want people to remember your son? 
Uh, his smile and his laughter <laughs> um, and just being able to take time to breathe and enjoy yeah. the sunset and enjoy the flowers and enjoy the the bumpy roads when they're under yeah. construction <laughs> he, he loved car rides and uh he loved the bumpy roads and I don't care if your vehicle is going to fall apart you drive on those bumpy roads because it would make him laugh so that is so sweet well Tracy I thank you so much for your time and um it's been a pleasure getting to meet you and and hear about your story. And I know people will be searching for your book to learn more about it. So again, tell us the name. It's called Jacob's Journey, Introducing Jacob. Introducing Jacob. And um, so go check that book out. And uh, Tracy, again, it was so nice to meet you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.